We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. It is that time of year. It's award season. The Custy Awards are coming very, very soon. Voting is now closed on the Custy Awards, the sixth annual Custy Awards. But because it was such a big hit last year, and the thing with all award shows, or the pregame show, to get you ready, what are the odds that one of these is going to win in each category? What are the big favorites in the nominations? And to go through what has happened over the last year before we really dig into it with Jeff and Cust and Garyan, we have the panel. So remember to smash the like button for the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and give us your favorite contender, maybe overlooked contender in this year's Custy Awards. Not, so, not everything that's happening in 2023. This is 2022 only for these awards, and you've already cast your votes on that. But what do you think is the sneakiest, most Andercurse thing of the year? It could be an impression. It could be a story. It could be anything that's in the list of the awards. Joining me, the panel, to break this all down. First up, Kenny Kim, you're back again. Yeah, Pat, thanks for having me on. It's always fun to be a part of this award show, a part of the Custies. I look forward to it every year. It's always a good laugh. Noted serious journalist from TSN, Aaron Bronstetter. Well, thank you. You know, I get to be a custodologist once a year, and I really look forward to it because 
I listen to uh, anything that involves Cust, except for the golf shows because I'm not a big golf guy, but then I can catch up on it when you put together the compilation. So there were some things I was looking at that I hadn't heard just yet. So those are going to be kind of off my radar a little bit, just just to be transparent up front. But I, I think that the majority of the, uh, the nominations are episodes that I've heard and enjoyed. Well, they, they can both be episodes or things that Tim just randomly says on Twitter. Yeah, I'm, I, I'll take it at face value. I I imagine that everything that's nominated here is something that he said because it, it is all insane. I mean, it, it fits really his wheelhouse. So let's jump into it. The first one up is miscellaneous sports. We dip our toe into the water here. Here are the nominees in 2022 for the most Andercurse miscellaneous sports thing. We have Brazil. Tim picked Brazil to win the 2022 World Cup and claimed nobody was picking them despite them being the favorites for the tournament and six of the 12 Fox experts prior to the tournament picked Brazil to win Brazil lost in the quarterfinals to Croatia, Notre Dame. Tim said Notre Dame was vastly superior to Oklahoma state prior to their matchup in the Fiesta bowl. Obviously they lost Brian Flores. Tim said he should win coach of the year for coaching the Miami dolphins. What happened? He was fired at the end of the season. Kentucky. Tim selected Kentucky to make the final four. They obviously lost in the opening round to a 15 seed in St. Peter's. It's hilarious because this year's is actually worse when it comes down to the NCAA tournament as his winner, a one seed, was eliminated in the first round by a 16 seed. Mito Pereira Kenny. Tim laid down a marker that Mito would win the 2022 PGA Championship in an anticlimactic finish. And obviously, he did not. He did not even make the playoff despite taking the lead into the very last hole of the tournament. The Rams. Tim said there was no chance the Rams could lose opening day of the NFL season. They lost by 21 points and had a disastrous season when they lost Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, and many others, and were eliminated by playoff contention by week fifth or week 16. Scotty Scheffler. Tim said that Scheffler, I remember this very vividly because I had a bet on this, was killing it during the final round of the 2022 U.S. Open. Then he bogeyed the 10th hole, three-putted the 11th, and he finished in third and wasn't even close to winning by the end of the tournament. Right after Tim had said that, 2022 MLB playoffs. For the playoffs, Tim predicted the exact opposite of every playoff round possible. Each of the teams that he had selected to win lost their opening round matchup. Evan McPherson. Tim said that Evan McPherson was automatic before a week one field goal against their week one extra point, sorry, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He shanked it. And then they lost in overtime, and he had a pretty disastrous season when it came to the Bengals kicker. The Tennessee Titans were picked by Tim to win the Super Bowl, and obviously they missed the playoffs after being up by five games in the division in the final week of the season to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Kenny, the floor is yours. I think I know what your pick is going to be. I don't, I don't know, man. I, there, there's four that I think I can look at that would be, like, worthy of winning. The first would be, like, uh, the World Cup because of how big the scope of the World Cup. The the, the World Series because that's just crazy. Just, just picking everything wrong 100% of the time, that's hard to do. I'm actually getting pretty good at that in golf. But anyways, you know, that one there. And then the Mito, you think about Mito, after losing that, you don't really hear from him for the rest of the year, not too many top finishes. And then he just bounces to live and he's off in oblivion. Now you don't even know what the hell he's doing. I'm going sort of out of the box here. I, I think the Brian Flores one should win uh, because, because Flores, he ended up, you know, getting fired, suing the NFL, uh, not getting another head coaching job, going back to the Patriots Patriots missed the playoffs 
the, the, that year. So basically, like, everything that Flores has touched has turned to, you know, garbage. And then the team, you know, that he gives up uh, in Miami looks pretty damn good. Now, they ended up missing the playoffs by a game, but they look pretty damn good uh, for the years. So I, I think I'm going to go Flores on this one because it feels like he ended his career. Well, and for- that guy had, a, like, a lot of hope. Like, he was a pretty good coach. Flores went to the Steelers to be the D coordinator, not the Patriots. Oh, that's what it was. That's they still what, missed they, the playoffs. Missed the and playoffs the Dolphins too, made they? the play. The Dolphins made the playoffs this year. They just lost in the first round of the uh, Bills. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Bronze outside of golf, you know, not not the best <laughs> sports knowledge here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's very clearly Mito to me, Bronze Center. Well, you know, it's this field isn't great. I'll say, like, I'll say this. There have been a lot worse curses that have happened. And all of these people did end up being cursed for the most part. But there weren't really any, like, disasters, I would say. So I went with the one that actually just made me chuckle when I read the nominees. And that's Brian, Brian Flores also. I mean, said he should be coach of the year. He was canned. And then, like Kenny said, I mean, the fallout from that wasn't exactly great. It took him forever to get a job. Gets a job with the Steelers, who are pretty hapless this season. I mean, I don't think that's Flores' fault, necessarily. But... I'm going to go with Brian Flores. I'm, I'm aligned with Kenny on this one. I, I don't want to fabricate um, and pick something else. I'd say Evan McPherson was my number two, but I, you know, I don't really want to uh, cause, stir things up for the sake of stirring things up. I'm, gonna, I'm aligned with Kenny on this one. It's weird because I, I think you're absolutely right because usually it's like Tim picks La La Land, says there's no <laughs> chance it will lose after it's already been named best pitcher winner. It's like, oh no, it actually didn't win. And it was already a minus 10,000 favorite. Like the early front runner for this this year is most definitely Purdue losing in the first round to a 16 seed when they were Tim's pick to win. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, didn't that happen before? Didn't, that, yes, didn't, he, didn't it, he pick it, UVA? Yeah, it happened to Virginia. He picked Virginia to win and they lost in the first round to a 16. So like those are the only two first round like top seeds <laughs> that have like ever lost, right? Like ever. I think ever, right? <laughs> That's pretty impressive, Tim. Well, it's funny because he has this Kentucky one. They're in the final four. They lose to a 15. The year that Duke lost to Lehigh, Duke was his winner. Maybe we're just missing out on the greatest betting opportunity in sports is whoever Tim picks as his winner of the NCAA tournament just bet the ridiculous team against money line. Yeah, money line against them every single round, and yeah. eventually it'll hit. And usually the ones that he takes are number one seeds for the most part. They're you know the, the big favorites. So he, he rarely goes off the board. It's not like he goes and says, like, you know, I think like UAB is going to win. He's always taking the, he's a front runner when it comes to the NCAA. Oh, most definitely. And like the, the one year where his pick actually did well, he picked Gonzaga to win, but they made the finals against Baylor. The one team that Tim claimed had no chance of winning. And then Baylor beat them in the finals. Yeah, it sounds about right. So there we are. Most (laughs) Andrew cursed non-sports category. Now it heats up a little bit. Angela Lansbury, Tim mentioned murder she wrote as an example of a mystery solver. During the week six NFL pick show, Angela Lansbury, the lead actress in murder she wrote, died during the recording of the show. Meatloaf. Tim listened to a variety of Meatloaf songs and called Meatloaf one of the most underrated artists ever. He died the next day. Republicans. Tim predicted the red wave to sweep in the U.S. midterms. Obviously, that did not happen. Halifax parking. Tim said that parking was not expensive enough and effort should be made for them to be priced higher. The next day, all the meters in the city malfunctioned and everyone got free parking. And then Pele. Tim continuously picked Brazil at the World Cup, resulting in Pele's death. So, Bronstetter, we'll go to you first. These are some strong contenders. 
Yeah, well, first off, Tim should continue to make more kind of like bougie proclamations so that like the little man can <laughs> can succeed and get ahead in life. I think that we, you know, we got to come up with ways to kind of prompt him in that direction so that people can end up getting free parking, uh, like like what happened in Halifax. But I have to go with Meatloaf on this one. I mean, Angela Lansbury was really old, and I know she died during the taping, which is really like, I mean, that's pretty, that's about as cursed as it gets. But Meatloaf, I mean, who's thinking about Meatloaf at random? At least, you know, if you're making a reference to Murder, She Wrote, it's like on someone's radar, it's being referenced in, you know, in comparison to something else. And while that is kind of a left field comparison, I do. Th I was surprised Angela Lansbury was still going, to be honest, when I heard that she had passed away. Meatloaf, first off, Meatloaf is not underrated. Do you guys, if you guys listen to music, like, can you name more than two Meatloaf albums? And I know that you know the two albums I'm thinking of. I, all I got is Bad Out of Hell. Yeah, that's all I got, too. But he has good songs. I, I was just a little bit before my time, uh, most of them. Well, the other album I was thinking of was Bad Out of Hell, too. So, I mean, I, I think you guys were on the right track. Um, not over, not underrated at all. In fact, probably a little bit overrated. And really, the the years between Bad Out of Hell One and Bad Out of Hell Two, the two albums I was thinking of, is like twenty five years. So I, if you can't name anything in between, definitely not underrated because nobody's really discussing him and talking about how great he is. Um, Meatloaf's my answer. I, you know, I was surprised uh, at how quickly Meatloaf fell after Tim was, you know, running through his his catalog. Um, and by catalog, I mean those two albums. So, Kenny, do you agree that it's Meatloaf? Because I feel like you might not. It's either Meatloaf or Angela Lansbury. I'm going with Angela Lansbury. I mean, he murdered her on the show. You <laughs> murder somebody on the show, that should win. And, you know, my grandmother, super angry uh, about that. I used to grow up, you know, I grew up with my grandmother uh, watching uh, Murder, She Wrote in a room with her. You know what I'm saying? That that was her shit. You know what I'm saying? She loved Murder, She Wrote. You know how, like, in the 90s, everyone watched Friends and Seinfeld. Old people, they watched Murder, She Wrote. That was their thing. Uh, I actually just learned some new facts uh, about my grandmother uh, that was sort of shocking. It's a pretty funny story. I was going to save this for, for my pod, but it sort of correlates uh, with what we're talking about now. Um, so my my uh, I, I was in a little traffic accident last year. Uh, you know, police came, uh, you know, uh, police support uh, was supposed to be filed, right? Uh, went to my insurance, uh, told them about it. And like six months later, like, well, there's still no police report. I'm like, oh, well, what the fuck? Uh, so I get one of those things where you can like look up your criminal records, right? For people. And I, I, I bought it for like a month. And so I was like, you know, I did it for myself just to see if, you know, something would come up in that thing I had in a traffic accident. Well, I got bored one day and I started looking through like family members uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, seeing criminal records of like you know, cousins and aunts. And I was like, hey, let me put my grandmother uh, in here one time. So, so I put my grandmother in there and I look and I'm like, in 1996, she was arrested for grand larceny. 63-year-old woman at that point in time. 63-year-old woman. Um, oh, no, no, no. She was around 60 years old <laughs> at that time okay um and, and she was arrested for grand larceny then in 2002 arrested again for grand larceny and, and and let me give you a little background about my grandmother she's you know she grew up she was born in korea in the 30s um you know when the when the communists took over she had to like you know underground railroad it down to south korea met my grandfather who was you know, a baseball player, played in Japan, played in Korea, 
basically was one of the founding fathers of what we see now in Korea, the KBO. Um, and so, you know, pretty well off, you know, they had money. Uh, and, you know, my grandmother passed before I was born. And then she moved all her sons to America and I tagged along because, you know, that's what families do. Um, and so, you know, she was a very, very, you know, hard, stern woman, but like she was the matriarch of the family, like des demanded respect, you know, deserved respect. Like, you know, my friends would like, you know, be scared to come over because everyone thought she was like the mean ninja grandmother. Right. Well, you know, I, so I'm looking at this, I'm like, what, what happened? Like, how did she get two felonies on her record? And I, I asked my mom and, you know, Korean household. Uh, when the when the father dies, the the mother goes and lives with the oldest son. My father was the oldest son, and so she, my mom, lived with my grandmother, and she hated it. It was horrible for her. Uh, and so she she said she remembered something uh, about shoplifting in a mall or something like that, and, and that's what happened. And I was like, how does that happen twice? Well, why does my grandmother need to shoplift? So uh, about in the fall was my grandmother's ninetieth birthday. Uh, I'm there. And I'm still curious about this, right? And so I know my family's not going to talk too much about it because, I, I mean, it's sort of a stain on our family if, you know, the head matriarch is getting arrested for grand theft, larceny, uh, you know, like multiple times. So I talked to one of her friends, old lady. I've known her for, you know, my whole life. Uh, she's been over to the house. Uh, it was basically a part of my grandmother's, like, crew. And, like, literally her crew. This lady told me that they would go to the mall once a month, and I remember these mall trips that she'd take with her friends. Uh, they go to the mall once a month, and, and, and then my grandmother would always come back with like a rack of shit, right? Hey, yeah, that's cool. She got money. She's just spending money on whatever. So this old lady tells me that what they used to do for fun, would they would all go to the mall. They would all branch out, okay? All branch out alone. And each of them had to steal something. It was like a game they played. Like they would they would shoplift at the mall. Whoever got shoplifted the most expensive thing got everyone's stolen goods. <laughs> they did this for a, a decade. She said they started in the early 90s and for 10 years, once a month, they would go and go on this fucking crime spree. And, and, and if you knew my grandmother, this would be like, You'd be like, what the hell is going on? Like, and so, so the old grand old lady said, no one ever got caught but my grandmother. Uh, and that was because she always tried to steal like the craziest, most expensive shit because she's the type that would never want to lose, you know, like never, ever, ever want to lose at anything. So she would go and steal like, I don't know, crazy shit, like rings and like, and like jewelry and like, oh, let me try this on. And it's bounce. And like like insane shit. And so she got caught in 96. And then she got caught in 2002. 2002, she was 70 years old. Okay. And then I keep, and but the thing is, there was one more. In 2012, she got popped for having burglary tools. So I'm pretty sure my grandmother is like part of old Korean people's Ocean's Eleven or some shit like that. Like, like they, 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 she had a crew and they would snipe shit from people. I, I, I just, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. And, you know, I love my grandmother. She, she's great. I don't know if she still steals, you know, no one in my family is going to be watching this show. So I don't have to worry about it. 
But yeah, it's just an insane story about my grandmother who is like the George Clooney of her crew in Ocean's Eleven. Like they they just went out and I, I, any any family members of yours have issues like this? I mean, it was it boggled my mind. It still does uh, to this day uh, when I found that. And she's still alive. There's no way in fucking hell I'm going to ask her about it because she will whoop my ass now at 90 years old. She would not she would not hesitate backhanding me across the face. So my ass ain't going to ask her, but it, it's just a wild story. And again, Angela Lansbury sort of brings it back because it remembers me watching her, uh, watching Angela uh, with my grandmother on a daily basis. So that's my, my this year's story for the custody awards. You see, I think the best yeah. part of that story is that they brought the game back. Like she got arrested. Yeah. And then it kept, kept the game it. going. Kept it going. Like they kept the game going. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's my favorite part of it. Yeah. Do you think this is why Tim isn't a part of his mall walking crew anymore? They tried to recruit him in? I, well, I don't know. Yeah. It could be Tim like would never steal old, anything. Old people mafia. Some shit. Like octogenarian mafia. Just just running shit in the mall. I don't know. <laughs> Tim might not be for that. Like if you told me that Tim ate carrots without peeling them, I'd believe that. But if you told me that he like stole like a pack of gum from the gas station, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah, I wouldn't believe that. Either. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it either. And I know him pretty well. <laughs> that, that, that's not on the the table. But the carrots thing. thing, that's on the table, right? I mean, I've like eaten carrots. I, mean, I, I, I don't think that eating carrots without peeling them first is that insane. That doesn't seem like a, a bridge too far for Tim. Like there, there, yeah, it'd be something... it seems like something Tim would do because he didn't want to take the time to peel it. Yeah, it would just be a laziness yeah. thing. You'd be like, no, Tim mm -hmm. only eats the green part at the top of the carrot, not the carrot itself. You're yeah. like, that's more in like the Tim zone. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I'm with you that I think it's Angela Lansbury versus Meatloaf. And I know that voting is concluded, but that story would have pushed it over the top, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I still couldn't. I still can't believe it. it, 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 it because just if you knew my grandmother, it's not the way, like the way she always told me to stay out of trouble. And shit like that. And, you know, I never listened. I was in trouble. I've been arrested, I don't know, dozens of times. But, you know, it's just, it's, a, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to me. Crazy. Next category. Most reverse cursed of the year. Uh, Argentina is on this list because Tim said that Argentina, his most hated international team, had zero chance. And he'd be apoplectic if they won the World Cup. So, of course, that they did. Paul Shaughnessy made a ton of money off betting on Argentina once they lost their first game and Tim started taking victory laps that he was so correct. Trevor Lawrence, on October 9th, Tim said the Jags and Jets have about to have the same record, and yet I was subjected to weeks of Lawrence is clearly so good and he figured it out this year. Well, Zach is too busy being 2-0 and for people to talk about him, I guess. Later that season, Zach Wilson was benched for Mike White and Trevor Lawrence had a PFF grade of 77 and a half by the end of the calendar year. They made the playoffs and people now consider him a top top five fringe quarterback in the NFL while Zach Wilson may never play a snap again. So a nice reverse curse on Trevor Lawrence. If you're a Jags fan, you can thank Tim out there. Justin Fields, uh, Tim guaranteed on our first ever Sunday Night Live show that Justin Fields would not score the first touchdown of the game and at 20 to one he cashed for all of us the first touchdown of the game tim said that tyreek hill was old and washed and his numbers would take a massive decline playing for the miami dolphins in tua he recorded the second most receiving yards in the league those are your only four choices in most reverse court uh, most reverse curse so bronze setter i think this is a, a down year for this category as well 
Yeah, yeah, and I also think it has a fairly easy winner, in my opinion. And I, if I'm proven wrong, that's fine. But Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he killed Zach Wilson. Like, the, like they. But the the thing about this also that is really important to note is that the Jets' success continued after they were two and zero. Like they still were winning games, and they looked like they were primed to make the playoffs. And the curse kind of like continued to eat away at the Jets as the season went on progressively. Like it wasn't one of those like immediate cursed results where like Zach Wilson tears his ACL and there's still some hope that maybe Zach Wilson will come back and be a serviceable quarterback. Like the hope surrounding Zach Wilson is virtually gone that he'll ever be anything in the NFL. I would be shocked if he is like, honestly, I think that the amount that his ego has to have taken a bruising after this past season is very hard for somebody to come back from. And then Justin Lawrence, I mean, or sorry, Trevor Lawrence, um, Justin Lawrence is a mixed martial artist, so you can see I'm getting my wires crossed. But Trevor Lawrence, he just can, can you know, continue to get better and better and better slowly. Like it was a very slow kind of burn on you know both ways of the curse, which is why I like this one in particular because you know usually you get the instant gratification of a Justin Fields where you win that bet and like it's hilarious. He picks the one like well, the one guy who he says is not going to do it does it, which is great because I mean it's especially for your your pocketbooks, but. I like the slow burn of Trevor Lawrence. And I think that this one is probably a lock to win this category. Kenny, by the end of the year, Tim said that he wants Zach Wilson traded to the XFL. No. Yeah, I did hear that. Uh, And now, you know, how he said Kirk Cousins was a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. And now he's fawning over Aaron going over to the Jets. There's there's plenty of funny things uh, that Tim says. When it comes to this category, I think two uh things catch my eye uh first it's going to be the argentina one just because of the the scope of the world cup uh you know i mean that is you know bigger than super bowls the biggest sporting event in the world uh you know and, and so that one would be one of them and also the justin fields one and i think this one's just for you pat because that i remember that justin fields uh you know first touchdown and then that made that sunday night show must see tv basically all year you know what I'm saying? Like you had to tune in and be like, who is Tim not saying who is not going to score the first touchdown? And it was auto click. You know, you, you probably made money throughout the year. If you did that, when you watch the Sunday night live show uh, that they had, that Pat has uh, on the Mayo media network, I'm going to go with Argentina uh, on this one, just because of the scope uh, and the mag- uh, the magnitude uh, of the World Cup and how wrong he was. But that Justin Fields one, very close. Yeah, the Justin Fields one was really good because I think three times during the year, the guy that he said wasn't going to score the touchdown scored the touchdown. And that was worth like 20 to 1, 18 and 1, and 20 to 1. We only had 17 yeah. of the shows. So yeah. we ended up a, a big profit on that. But even the guys that he said would, wouldn't score the first touchdown, I think there was a run of like 13 weeks in a row where – even though if they didn't score the first touchdown, they scored a touchdown in the game too. So that ended up just becoming the greatest bet of all time. But I'm with you. It's, I think it's the Argentina one only because Argentina, I think they lost to Saudi Arabia in the first game. And like one of the biggest upsets of all time. And Tim could not contain himself with how right he was, the amount of credit that he deserved taken online and like fighting back at people who had previously said there was a really stupid take. And of course, at better the odds, slow burn people the slow end- burns are always the best yeah it's a slow burn i i think you're right i i do like your angle though on the trevor lawrence one where it burns both ways and it took a while to get there and then we finally saw it now we're into the good categories most egregious claim 
usually one of the most competitive categories every single year. So here's the rundown. Derrick Henry. Tim claimed he could tackle Derrick Henry if given 100 attempts to do so. Water slides. Tim claimed he could go down any water slide, no problem. And then in it is a link provided to the Summit Plummet at Disney World's Blizzard Beach, which is a 120-foot water slide where guests reach speeds up to 60 miles per hour, and they do it in about 4.8 seconds. Surveillance cameras. Tim says that he is on his best behavior in drive-thrus because he thinks that the surveillance cameras are going to follow him and get him arrested, mainly if he throws ice out of his car. Fast food employees. Tim thinks he could handle being a fast food employee worker for one afternoon. Untrue. McDonald's Monopoly. Tim claimed that he could go a whole month without partaking in McDonald's Monopoly. He lasted 10 hours. The stock market. Tim said that owning stock was very difficult and that most normal people could not figure out how to do that. In order to throw on the end of that, he also said that you had to go to the stock market to buy your stocks. (laughs) And uh, let's see here. A completion. After a discussion about Carson Wentz, Tim claimed if given 20 tries, he could complete eight-yard out passes against NFL competition. Those are strong contenders. Yeah, they're strong. Uh, I couldn't tell you. There's at least four that deserve, like, any 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 service industry food takes with Tim is just a no-go. I mean, he's just all, so wrong so often. So the fast food one is there. The... The, the surveillance camera one is just weird. Like, I, I don't understand how he thinks that, like, that's a thing. Like, I, I, I guess Big Brother is watching, and, and if you really want to dig down the conspiracy rabbit hole, okay, maybe. But, Tim, you're Tim. They're not looking for you. Uh, <laughs> and I, and then, you know, the stock market one, I don't know how to buy stocks. I, so, I mean, I, I can agree with him on that one. Okay, no, hold but- on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you may not know how to buy stocks, but Bronstetter, would it be your first instinct that you had to go to the stock market to buy yeah. your stocks? <laughs> yeah. You have to, like, t- take a flight to New York City and go down to the actual, like, NYSE and then go and, like, go to a window and... Like no, Dan Aykroyd my- and Eddie oh, no, Murphy? You know what I'm the saying? The idea of, of saying... That something that's on the news every day and has channels based around it would be a very difficult thing to do. I think you're ignoring a lot of very in-your-face elements in order to make that kind of a leap. That's a strong contender, but I feel like it's like the Derrick Henry one is the one that got the most traction throughout the course of the year. But in terms of like reality of what's the most egregious in all of this, I, I actually think that him complete like I've seen Tim throw. You ever seen George Michael throw on Arrested Development? I've seen him try to catch where he turns his back to the other uh, ball. Yeah, um, that's basically Tim. <laughs> like the dude from Wham was in Arrested Development? No, uh, Michael Sarah named George. Okay, okay, I, I don't, I, I never watched the show. But I, I mean, right. completing passes at an NFL level, he can't play third base in our co-ed softball league because he can't throw from third to first. I mean, the thing about that is, if you, if he like literally throws it. Right when the ball is snapped, an NFL receiver could probably make the cut while he lofts it over there, and he might get lucky. Eight out of you see, you get one. You say you complete one pass out of twenty. Yes. Was it one pass? Yes, one pass, eight yard out, eight and eight yard out as well. So he's throwing yeah. from like hash to sidelines here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would have to get rid of the ball right when it was snapped. 
for the 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 uh, the uh, because of the, the air he'll get under the ball. I don't think he has a gun. You know, it's not like he's you know Brady out there slinging it. Uh, so, uh, but I think he could get lucky once. I think he could get lucky, especially if he has like a top notch. You know, one of the best wide receivers out there. You know, that's another question of, of that predicament. You know, if, if you get like the best wide receiver out there, you get like a or, or like someone who's just big and overpower a quarterback like a Metcalf or something like that. Maybe he could do it. But well, the Derrick Henry one is the moment the ball was snapped. There's not a chance he could do it. Like, yeah, I don't think he could get the ball out. Hey, he'd have to be in shock. Or, or he gets it out right away. He would have and, to be and, in like, shock. It just goes nowhere. And then get rid of it immediately. I, I could see it happening once. The Derrick Henry one is just no chance. He would he would die. Like, Tim would die. He would, neck would break, and, like, he would try some crazy tackle. It would be death of, of the of, of the Ander curse right there. So I, I that, that's the one that's the craziest to me. What do you think? Well, I mean – Here's the weird thing about like my favorite one is the McDonald's Monopoly one because of how quickly he faltered. But like it's not necessarily an egregious claim. Like to for him to claim that he could go the whole month, like you can't really call that an egregious claim. It was just a massive failure. So even though it's my favorite one, I I couldn't really vote for it in good conscience. And the surveillance cameras, again, it's not really an egregious claim. Like I'm looking at the name of the like these are all great stories, of course. And I, like I said, I think my favorite one is the McDonald's Monopoly. But in terms of egregious claims, like the water slide, it's got to be safe, right? Like if they're putting it at a park. Like if Tim, somebody blindfolded Tim or whatever, told him to go down, he could probably do it. Like that one, I, you know, that one doesn't get me quite as much. It has to be the completion or the tackle. And the reason I'm going to go with the completion is because it's against NFL competition. Like the Derrick Henry, if he was given 100 chances to tackle Derrick Henry... But it was starting at like the one yard line, and Derrick Henry had to run the entirety of the field a hundred times. Maybe he would gas out, and Tim would be able to grab a shoelace. Like maybe. Again, I think it's a very long shot proposition. But in terms of making a like, I'm not sure he could throw the ball eight yards. Period. Like to an open guy. So to do it against like NFL competition, I think that has to be the most egregious claim. It's just like you're having like behemoths running at you, and even though you have an offensive line. That's that's protecting you. Like I don't think he'd know what to do with his feet. I don't know how if he'd know what to do. I don't know if he'd be able to catch the snap. Like there are a lot of variables here that would I think prevent him from making such a play. So I'm gonna go with that one. Hey, that's a pretty good take. I just think the Derrick Henry one only like he, he could have a hundred chances to tackle Derrick Henry. It only takes one, and Tim would be in a hospital. Well, yeah, Tim would get trucked probably. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But I but at the same time, I I don't think Derrick Henry would get anywhere close to him. Like I, it depends where on the field Tim is standing because. If you're Derrick Henry, like, it doesn't matter where Tim is on the field. Like, he's not going to run directly into Tim unless he really feels like having some fun and knocking Tim down. But, I mean, he wouldn't have to at any point be anywhere near Tim on a football field. Well, see, that that's the argument that I made against Tim at the time was that I don't think that Tim could tackle me in 100 tries because I don't think he'd get a finger on me. And I'm, like, not yeah. fast, but I'm not. Tim. Yeah, so maybe that is the answer. Like I, like I said, I, I think it's between those two. And I think you could make a case for both. Like like Kenny said, like lightning could strike and he could throw the ball up in the air, heave it up, and you've got NFL caliber receivers that can go up and get it. So at least he's got that going for him. And even in my own hypothesis of it starting at the one and Derrick Henry having to run the whole field, like Tim would still have to run and exert himself too. So who's going to gas out first, Tim or an, <laughs> like a professional athlete? Probably Tim. So they're both probably very egregious clean, claims and uh, it would have to be one of those two. I think it's the stock market. I really do. 
Just, but it's not really egregious. Like, it's pretty egregious. For people it is like pretty Tim, fucking it is, egregious. But people like Tim, it is very difficult to do that. Like, even if you walked him through it based on the instructions, he doesn't use online banking unless something's changed. He goes to the, like, machine. Oh, actually, he goes to the teller because he doesn't trust the machine to take his money. So, I mean, like, for him to be able to... I guess he could speak to his financial advisor and they could open up an investor's account and, like, walk him through that process. So... It's not really very difficult. So that is still, I guess, a pretty egregious claim. Yeah, but the, the claim wasn't, it's difficult for me. It's it's difficult oh, for in anybody. general. Yeah, th that is a very egregious claim. I, I'd go with, I can agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of, do you think that Tim could, I mean, Kenny, do you think that Tim could be a fast food employee? No, no, there's no way. I think he, I think he could physically do it for a day, but I think it would, it would drive him nuts. Oh, there like, may be fast food, off. but like, I don't think he could be like a server at a restaurant. There would just be no way. I did it for 20 years and you know, it's, 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 it's a real tough job. It's tough. It, you got to keep people happy like all the time. Uh, it's a hard job. I mean, like he's a relatively charming guy. Like I he think is, he could do it but for that a day would be a problem. rather than try to tackle Derrick Henry. That would be a problem because he would overdo it with a table and like, you know, abandon another couple of tables over here that he didn't think would giving him a good enough vibe or, or something like that. Now, like if you're thinking of like, um, like a real busy fast food place, like like the McDonald's under Cap One Arena in D.C. or something like that, which is voted the most dangerous McDonald's in the United States. People just get shot and killed there all the time. Um, and, and so uh, if Tim worked there, like during a game or something like that, no, there's no way. He, he would be out of there. Uh, he, I don't know. You see these fights on TVs with like uh, people beating up like food, uh, like fast food employees and stuff like that. These videos on these like fight websites. I think that would happen to Tim because he would just give up and people would be angry. Uh, so yeah, that that's definitely one. It, it would have to be a busy, busy fast food, like a, a, a not busy fast food place. I think anyone could do. You know, Pat, while it is difficult um, for some people to get stocks, something that's a little bit more difficult is getting grants to create Canadian content. But I think that if you could file for a grant to make a show called like Tim Does Stuff. And I, you just I had this idea. Stuff, I pitched it yeah. to him. I don't know. Do you know how to get the grants? Because I don't. I have a friend who could help you. Right, you sent me that you, email. You, I mean, I'll, you write, I create you write Canadian letters content. And you, yeah, you get grants. And I mean, you need to get a studio to produce it and all that stuff. Or you could probably do it like, I mean, the phones these days can shoot pretty good video. But I mean, I would love to just watch, you know, mini episodes of Tim doing stuff. Like stuff that he claims he can do. And then trying to do them. Tim it has builds. to happen. The episode one is Tim builds a doghouse easily. Well, yeah, but you could also do like to tackle Derrick Henry, but then Derrick Henry's not going to be on board. But you could just scale it back and be like, okay, well, we couldn't get Derrick Henry, but we got like the running back from like the Alouettes. And <laughs> yeah, like a Canadian like, running like, back. Yeah, yeah, or even like a university level running back, like a guy who plays for like whatever Wilfred Laurier. He's not tackling it. He's not tackling it. any athlete. I like this. Let's get on these grants and let's produce this show. I'll cut you in. All right. I, I like it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Most, no, we just did. Worst take of the year from Tim Andercast. <clears throat> this is a laundry list here. So, <laughs> app updates. Tim refused to update his apps or operating software on his phone. This despite not updating apps or operating software being a leading cause of successful hacking attempts <laughs> onto your phone. Why you do it. Elevator operator. Tim thinks that elevator operators should come back as the standard for elevator navigation. Tim claimed if you dump ice out of a cup outside, it is littering. Tim said milkshakes are a customary beverage to have with certain meals. Tim claimed Big, Castaway, Forrest Gump, and The Green Mile are the only four good movies Tom Hanks has ever made. Tim said that 99% of the time, onion rings were preferable to French fries. Tim said that he wants John Favreau to make a movie about the narwhal from Elf. I don't even remember that one. Tim ranked items such as Jell-O, Tapica pudding, McDonald's apple pie, and tiger tail cream, tiger tail ice cream amongst his dessert top rankings with blueberry pie in dead last. Tim claimed employees enjoy working on holidays because they get extra pay. Tim said he always brings veggie slash fruit trays when he goes to a Christmas pot- potluck and that everyone prefers store-bought veggie trays to homemade veggie slash fruit trays. Oatmeal. Tim has described oatmeal as, quote, fun and one of the best breakfasts one can have. He says many nights he goes to bed on the night before for the... Pre- he says many nights he goes to bed the night before having the oatmeal and he can't sleep because he gets too excited to eat oatmeal diet soda tim said that everyone would lose more weight if they just had diet soda 
Jim said that people would be better served buying a 330 milliliter can and pouring it out rather than buying one of the mini-sized cans of soda. Mozzarella sticks. Tim says that mozzarella sticks are the best thing one, the best item one can bring to a potluck. Strawberry pizza. Tim has claimed that strawberries on pizza are a good idea. And Christmas with the Cranks. Tim said that everyone loved the movie Christmas with the Cranks. The movie has a 5% critic score and a 39% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. There's one Bronstetter jump out to you right away. It does. The elevator operator one is, it's got to be the worst take. Like, it's just, it's like the pinnacle level of stupidity to believe that you need to have so I'm not trying to take jobs away from the everyman, believe me. Like, and I've been to places like a lot of arenas have elevator operators. Um, you know, when I go to cover events, oftentimes there will be an elevator operator there. But it is not a job that's required in society anymore. Like we're, we're human beings that know how to operate like computers, phones, way more advanced technology than you press a number button on a lift, right? Like. I think that has to be the worst take out of all of them because they're, you can make certain points here. Like certain ones of these are not that bad. The milkshake one, I think there are people like whenever you get a burger, you get a milkshake with it. I'm sure there are people that have it as a customary drink. Cust being part of that word, of course. And we've got the um, the desserts. I mean, you know, people will prioritize desserts. I think Tiger Tail ice cream is like the, the very bottom of ice cream flavors. But again, you got a lot of people have their taste. Strawberry pizza, I can imagine that would taste okay. The the pop, you know, the soda cans being uh, three fifty five and dumping out what, it, what you're not going to drink. It's actually cheaper to buy twenty four of those than twenty four small cans. So I can I can understand the line of thought there. If that wasn't his but line the, of that wasn't his line of thought on that though. The line of thought was okay. He is morally offended by the small can. Well, <laughs> of course, but uh, I mean, hey, if, you, if you're like a really staunch economist, maybe you're also very offended by it. But uh, I gotta go with the elevator one. I, I like I just think it's of of these takes. It's the one that I think the least people would agree with. Kenny, I think that not updating your apps and leaving yourself susceptible to spyware and hacking is pretty egregious. Yeah, that one's crazy just because it's like he's it, it, not doing that is doing the exact opposite of what he thinks is happening. <laughs> basically, is what's, is what's going on. Because you need to update the apps, like you said, so people don't hack your shit. And he doesn't add, he doesn't update the app because he doesn't want people hacking his shit. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it makes zero sense on that one. And now again, like Bron said, I do agree with him on some of these takes. I've actually had strawberry on pizza. It's a dehydrated strawberries, not like regular fresh strawberries. So they were dehydrated and with like a spicy salami, uh, some other stuff. Not bad. I'm yeah. a fruit on a pizza guy. Okay. <laughs> so uh, no problem with that. Um, also the, um, the uh, where was the other onion rings? Onion rings always better than French fries. No, I'm no, that 100... that 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 is not true. That you can make. I hate. I don't like onions. Period. So that's a, a non-starter. For so me. so you have the non-starter. There are some people that just don't like onions. However, I would give you, and I mean it wouldn't be my take, but I think it's a more compelling take to say if you had the best onion rings possible, then they could be better than fries. Because I've had some onion rings that are delicious and amazing. Most onion rings are fucking terrible. Eh, I mean, soggy, most, most... there's too much batter. They have a bad onion to batter ratio. They're not crispy enough. Just the way that you can fuck up onion rings is so easy versus the way you can fuck up fries, which is almost impossible. I just like onion rings better than fries. I just like the flavor. So they're just personal for me, probably. The Tom Hanks one, I mean, even Tom Hanks said he's only made four good movies. Like, literally, he said that I mean, in an interview true, okay. recently. 
in the last year. So are uh, we saying that he, Saving Private Ryan is not a good movie? I mean, I, I, I'm just saying what Tom said. Tom said he's made, he's only made four good movies in his career. That's what Tom Hanks, he, he said that through his mouth. Uh, if you go and Google it, it's, it's there. Do you, think, uh, that, so, do you, I mean, do you I, think that they are the four movies that Tim listed? Now, uh, Did Tom I Hanks wouldn't name put them? Castaway there. I would probably switch Castaway for, for Saving Private Ryan. Now the, the recent movie was in Elvis was so bad. What's up? He's in Cash Me If You Can as well, right? Yeah, that was a great movie. I never saw it. I mean, Saving Private Ryan's great. Uh, Philadelphia's. I mean, Philadelphia's oh, okay yeah. for it. I mean, The Green Mile is a trash movie. Like it's really bad. It's like eight hours long. It is long. It is long. And uh, hot take: Forrest Gump also sucks, but that's for another. Oh. I love that movie. I love that movie. I, I'm a big Forrest Gump fan. That's, but a, real, I, I gotta that's say, a real boomer nostalgia movie. It is. It is. I mean, I, but it's funny. I, I, It's a feel-good movie. I, You know, except for when Jenny dies of AIDS. But other than that, <laughs> feel-good movie. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, uh, I, well, the one thing about Tim, though, his takes on, like, I don't know how to put this without offending people. Poor people jobs. <laughs> okay? I mean, like, let's just say it. Uh, jobs that don't make that much money he has the worst takes on those possible okay because like he thinks that i don't know his train of thought maybe because he thinks it's a low-paying job they want to keep working and make more i mean maybe that makes sense i don't know but like but like the holiday hours for for service industry people is the worst because like okay at a fast restaurant yes you do get paid uh time and a half but what's time and a half of like twelve dollars you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck is that? It's not worth like not being with your family uh, for uh, for the holidays. It's people. See, I'll challenge you on this one though, because as as a member of the Jewish faith, my my fellow tribesmen used to love working on Christmas because they everything's closed and you get time and a half. Well, so I mean, I mean, you see my it doesn't eyes, say like right? working their own eyes. holidays. I'm the same way. You know, I'm not Chinese, but motherfucking Chinese people love love Christmas too. You know, because because of mostly because of you guys, you and Jeff. Right, uh, because they get, they get a lot of those they get a lot of those Chinese food orders. So I know they don't mind uh, working on, but the elevator operator wants another one. Like, what's the guy gonna get paid? Like fourteen dollars an hour to do that shit? I mean, like, wh- why? I mean, you don't need it. It's not even worth it. It, it. It's just when it comes to like his takes on like jobs that are less than the average median income of the United States. His train of thought is so off the wall. It's crazy. It's got to be the elevator. It's got to be the fast food. One of those two. He's like, he's old school because he wants like people to do, like he wants humans to do jobs that machinery can, has been able to do for a while. Right? Like he, he wants to have people that like, well, if there was like somebody who handed him like a shopping cart when he walked into a grocery store, it's like, those are the jobs that he feels like are necessary, which is just like, it's odd behavior to be honest. Like it's, these are jobs that are like long outdated. Like the like, majority of people that, that think that way, Aaron, the majority of people that think that way are like loaded. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, or 90 years or, old. Yes. Right. Either, either 90 years old or just have all the money in the world. And Tim is neither. Now, mentally, it could be 90. Possible. Possible. But, you know, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Go ahead. No, yeah, that I think that's a good point. I mean, Tim too rich and uh, him being kind of an old soul are two of his, you know, identifying properties. Yeah, so well, I, I, mean, I guess it works out that way. T- Tim identifies as a rich 90-year-old. He just isn't. <laughs> so it's a problem for him in a lot of ways. You should see him like at the self-checkout at grocery stores. It is a production. You know, like he's terrified of the machine. 
does he does he put that I, I identify as a you know 90 year old you know rich man on his emails and shit i got people who do that for my work emails are you serious and maybe he does that for his work. well yeah like he had the, the pronouns right. so you're talking about people yeah. have pronouns so his pronouns are rich old dude yeah. rich old dude yeah even Slash though he's like 35 guy. you know interesting yeah, he is he's 35 uh the the youngest of all of us uh, as we talk through this unless ron setter you're like sneaky 27 years old which i don't know and your point about Jewish people working on Christmas would be one thing if you didn't just randomly take days off that no one else gets off. Yeah, but we have to, we get charged for those days off. Do we? Like those count as vacation. Oh yeah, those count as vacation days, my friend. Okay. I did so not realize take, that. Like, I, assume, I assume when I sat next are... to Jeff, he was just like, yeah, I'm not showing up Monday. It's Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but you, you still, you're, still char- you're still charged with a vacation day for that. Well, because we're not the uh, mainstream religion. No. Really? Yeah, I, I always assumed those were like uh, that. It wouldn't be a vacation day. It was like a a cultural holiday. They should update the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to reflect that. I agree, Pat. Good thing. I mean, for for a lot of people, they think that you guys rule the world. So I figured, you know, that would be something that you would be able to get on like a non vacation day. Well, if we did, everybody would get Yom Kippur off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Most cussed impression. He broke out a lot of new impressions this year. Liam Neeson. Known for his roles in Schindler's List and Silence, Rob. Rob would put these together. You can tell he's like 24. Doesn't know Liam Neeson from anything. I mean, at least, I mean, Schindler's List, sure. Silence, not Taken, if you're going to go to like a newer Liam Neeson movie. feel like he's more known for Taken than Silence. John Wayne, John Goodman, Franz from Guess Who, Nicolas Cage, Clarence Davis, (laughs) who voiced Donald Duck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed from It's a Wonderful Life, Luke Edwards from Newsies in Little Big League, and Charlton Heston from Ben-Hur in Planet of the Apes. Now, do you consider Franz an impression for Tim, or is that just a lifestyle for him? I mean, I don't really care. I want that one to win so badly, just so I can see Tim melt down on the Custy show. Like, I don't care about any other ones. Everyone, I guess the voting's over. But I hope everyone voted for Franz because I just want to see Tim melt down on camera. Say, that does not look like me. Uh, I actually watched the movie last night, uh, The Greatest Showman. And the, uh, the, I, the Irish giant that's in the movie is basically Tim. It's like a giant version of Tim that I saw. And I found out that he's, a, he's an MMA fighter as, as well from Romania. And his name is Radu. Uh, Google it. Look at the picture. Go to my Twitter feed. It's it, it's Tim as a jacked up. It's Tim's Tim's jacked up doppelganger. But I want to see Franz win just to see Tim meltdown. I mean, he really does look like Franz from Guess Who. <laughs> I had forgotten what Franz from Guess Who looked like until you brought him up on the show and then the photo camp. And it looks like a drawing of Tim. Like if Tim was made into a Guess Who character and somebody drew him in that style, then that's what he would look like. But in terms of like actual most cussed impression, it's a tie for me between John Wayne and Charlton Heston because it's the same old guy impression he does for every elderly actor. The Jimmy Stewart does kind of have the Jimmy Stewart tenor to it. But John Wayne, Charlton Heston, Walter Matthau, all these like kind of old actors that he always tries to do impressions of, it's the same impression. So I'm going to give it a tie between those two. I'm just looking at the Franz picture right now. It is incredible. <laughs> it does it look is. exactly like him. It looks exactly like him. Oh so hopefully God. it does win. I'm with Kenny on that. Like if yeah. if... if I know voting is closed, but I hope everybody voted for that. <laughs> Let's see if I can bring this up very quickly here. Where's my... See if that works. No, no, it went directly to black. That's not good. 
You should hire people to do the uh, engineering. I, I do. I, Megan's sitting I next know, to me. I'm just, there I'm we just go. Joking. I know he's on vacation. There we are. There's Franz. <laughs> he's up on the screen right now as Tim. That is just terrific stuff. And just Franz by himself actually just looks like you that. need to you need to do a bet with Tim this year sometime and make it an avatar bet. And and, and if Tim loses, he has to have the Franz picture as his Twitter avatar. That should be his Twitter avatar, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. If you look through he'll, that, he'll never do it. He should. He'd never do it. I mean, he had but... he he once uh I think it was like 2012, 2013. He he lost a bet to me on Facebook. He had to legally change his Facebook name to Tim Andercast for the entire, it was Habs versus Bruins in the first round. I, I, not that I know anything about hockey, but he really wanted the Habs to win. So I bet him that the Bruins, if they beat the Habs, that he would have to change his name to Tim Andercast for the entire length that the Bruins stayed in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think they won that year. So yeah, that it was makes like sense. six weeks. That's up. <laughs> um, but if you go and look, I saw someone tweet this out the other day, that there's a Peter from Guess Who. And he looks just like Bob Ryan. Yeah, I, I, I think I know who you're talking about because there is a guy that looks like Bob Ryan. Uh, that's that's Peter um, from Guess. You're talking about who, the journalist, who noticed right? the Franz thing? Who came? Who yeah. came up with that? I believe, it was, I believe it was me. Ugh. Okay, well, I mean, it took you long enough, Pat, because it looks exactly like him. It, it's it's a joke. It's like a joke that we've had amongst all of our friends for years. Oh, okay. Well, oh, then, okay. I'm glad you made it public because it's yeah. something that the world needed to see. Well, I don't know. Do, do people know Guess Who? Do people know from? Yeah, I played it as a kid. Uh, yeah, I played it. Okay. So uh, I'm glad. I just assumed no one would get it, so I never mentioned it. Is it a Canadian? No, I guess if Kenny's played it, it's not a Canadian game. No, I've played game. it. It's not just a Canadian game. I've played it. Okay. Next category. So we're, we're going with that for that's going to win, right? Yeah, I, I really hope so. I really hope so. Can't not win. I, gotta, I, I accidentally <laughs> closed the custies when I was going through everything. We're not going to get to Photoshop because that requires far too much editing on my part. <laughs> Most cuss story. All right. We have six strong contenders this year. Tim was a more awarded a medal for completing a half marathon, a marathon some time ago. He now wears that medal around to various events, such as mall walks and grocery trips on the anniversary of the marathon every single year. During a visit to the grocery store, an old man near Tim remarked how good a mincemeat pie looked. Seeing there was only one remaining, Tim rushed and stole the mincemeat pie from the old man before he could get it. After the old man expressed consternation, Tim hid in the store so he wouldn't have to encounter the man. He then didn't even buy the pie and left it and exited the store. Tim has regu Tim regularly had waitresses hitting on him without him noticing. That was with the first big dinner that we had when we came back, which was hilarious. She went and got him a Diet Coke from an alternate location and came back with it in a champagne-style thing with a Diet Coke bottle. It's pretty good. Tim has been upset that at his Rings app for telling him he should be more active. Tim has reported achieving around 700 steps a day. Tim also claims it's impossible to reach 10,000 steps a day. Tim has bemoaned the lack of Christmas cards he has received and wishes to receive more. Tim said he cannot stand having anything in his pockets and refuses to put things in them. Tim leaves his trash everywhere he goes. Those are the most cussed stories of the year. The old man at the store is an all-timer. Like, that's a clear favorite here. Uh, yeah, I, like, I, like the, I like the medals story because of how Feinberg reacted to it. Like, Feinberg was dying and compared him to Warren from uh, Something About Mary. And I thought... <laughs> And I thought that that like that whole story, the way that it came together, 
and the way that Jeff reacted to it, that was my favorite cuss story of the year. And I've listened to it several times, actually, because of, of how how much Jeff was in such disbelief that he just could not stop laughing. And uh, I love that story as a result. And you know what? In terms of the Steps app, like I, I started wearing my Apple Watch again somewhat recently. And I like stood up and it was like, thank you. You stood up. Great job. So I can kind of relate to what he's saying uh, about that because I was like, you know, it's you don't need to congratulate me on doing something that I no, inherently should be doing. That's what he was mad about, though. He's mad that it wasn't congratulating him enough. It was sending him messages oh. like you should really try and move today. Well, I get <laughs> I get that then. I get that. I mean, I, I guess I got to understand that. But it still doesn't hold a candle to metal or old man at store as, a, as the best story. And a lot of these other stories are like they're just very Tim stories, but they're like not that surprising or that over the top. Kenny? I want to see video of the old man at the store. Like, if we can go to that grocery store and be like, can we get video from this date? Because I want to see him, like, hiding around in the, the grocery store while some octogenarian is pissed off that he didn't get his mincemeat pie. And the worst part about that story is he didn't even take the fucking pie home. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that, that's horrible right there. Take the pie. He'd be like, I'm a younger than you. I'm faster than you. Fuck it. I got the pie. Move on. You know what I'm saying? But to hide around the store is hilarious. And then leaving the pie there makes me angry. Uh, you know, the metal ones. Okay, you're right, Aaron. Uh, that that show was great with Jeff's reaction. You had to have that involved uh, in the process of it. And it's hilarious. It's sort of, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I wouldn't say it's cool. But, like, it's sort of awesome that Tim does that. You know, I mean, like, every year, I mean, he, he's strutting on people, like, getting that, get, putting that metal on. And I mean, people have to be asking him. They'll be like, what would you want that metal for? And I'm sure he's telling them proudly each and every time uh, someone asks him about those medals. Uh, those two are it for me. Uh, and if, after the show, give me Tim's uh, address. I'll send him a Christmas card this year. Oh. He would appreciate that very much. I don't know if I have his new address or not. I'll have to figure that out. I'll get that to you. So we won't have to worry about that. One one of the new newer categories over the past few years, and I think people's second favorite category is Feinberg's biggest rival. He will tell you that he has no rivals because it's all just uh, non-emotional for him. Although we have seen this year, Emmanuel Acho. Uh, who said that Justin Herbert was a social media quarterback and Jeff lost his mind and went after Acho and this was like a three-week thing. The Live Box, Twitter accounts paid for by the Saudi regime to prop up Live Golf that Jeff constantly tweeted at and got in arguments with despite the fact that he knew they were AI. Adam Shearer, sports podcaster who Jeff feuded with over finances. Alex Baker, a.k.a. Osimo. He derided, uh, he bet money on Daniel Berger. That one seems none. This is a good one. Adam Levitan. Jeff sympathized with Adam over getting accosted by random fans. Jeff then attacked Adam, accusing him of supporting NBA Top Shot, which wasn't true because it wasn't Adam Levitan after all. I talked to Levitan about this about a month ago. He's like, what was going on? He's like, he thought you were someone else. It's turned out, but he just went crazy at Levitan for like 24 hours. And then Rufus Peabody, who works with Levitan, Jeff was upset with Rufus for not disclosing his injury strategy. I mean, this is a, was there a more fun Jeff story this year, Kenny, than Acho? No, Acho's the, the winner. I mean, he went, uh, Drew, every, I mean, the Drew, uh, Jeff every year, uh, every week was talking about that. And, and it was hilarious and how angry he got. Angry Jeff is, I think, my favorite Jeff. 
I, 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 it, it really is. I, I like Angry Jeff a lot. It, it's good content. I, I must say, I enjoy listening to him uh, when he, when he, when his voice raises uh, an octave or two. And Emmanuel definitely made his voice raise quite a few times uh, this season. We've saved some budget, Ron Stetter, this year, and I'm flying Jeff in to record the Custies this year. Oh, nice. Not smart of you. I think that's going to be fun. You should fly Emmanuel Acho in also. Just surprise him on set. <laughs> that would be <laughs> or, or, I mean, hey, you could probably line up something for him or maybe even pay for a cameo of some sort to, to get him involved on the show to congratulate uh, you know, himself on winning that Custy Award. That would be amazing. Yeah. A cameo? That would be amazing. I mean, if we could get... I mean, we could probably get all of these people outside of Acho to record something for Jeff, like in response to Jeff. <laughs> yeah, they're all like people you know. They're like the colleagues of yours. But uh, Acho is probably the answer. I mean, Acho, I think, is like the biggest rival of all Chargers fans this year because what social media, what even is that? Like, nobody really gets what he's talking about. And it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it sure did infuriate a lot of people. So... I think he's kind of a lock for this award. And, and the best the best was when he said that Tua was better than Herbert, and then they played, and it was just an embarrassment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I'll wait for <laughs> – my. I think my favorite this, – this category is better during the Custies because Jeff will start defending himself before I even finish listing everything out <laughs> yeah. about how it wasn't a real rivalry. And it takes like 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> best Cuss Corner of the year. We didn't do that many because we do them all during – like we didn't – we never used to do a Cuss Corner per week during football season. Then we started doing that. Then we just ended up doing fewer cuss corners overall. So like 36B, 36D, and 36C are all just the best of the cuss corners throughout the year. There was cuss corner 38, which was, I think the one that we did, Kenny, together. That was the service industry, sauce on wings, going to the beach, and Mm -hmm. the stuff that cuss wanted at the gym, like discus. At his like everyday good life or love fitness, That's as right. they call it in America. Uh, the mm-hmm. other one was the one with Raza, internet money, food, work from home, travel tips, and milkshakes. Then Cuss Corner 40 was a very custy Christmas with the movie draft, the pockets, Christmas songs, and Tim's Christmas card. So did you guys have a favorite of any sort of Cuss Corner from this year? I mean, the first one that comes to mind is is the one I was on because you know I'm a vain guy, so you know that's going to be my favorite. But if you if you look past that one, thirty six D was the one where he went with the marathon and the medal. Yeah, I think that was that one. But he also he had some you know other points like the buffet. I agree with you. You got to beat the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? And but the way you beat the restaurant and the buffet is you get the most expensive thing possible. And just eat all of that as much as you can. If you ever go to like a, a buffet with a lot of Asian people, um, if you see like a ton of Asian people, you need to wait at the buffet because once they bring that fresh crab legs or once they bring the fresh prime rib, that should will be gone by my people in about 35 seconds. Uh, that's how we roll on buffets. Uh, and the, the medals, the appetizers, what is I forget that one. Was that what he, he makes, he thinks he, he thinks appetizers should be banned? Yes. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah, that one was a little weird. That one, that one's a little weird. I guess he's not a big fan of tapas. Uh, you know, I, that, that would be my guess. Um, and, and, and then I forget what the streaming was, but the, the medal one, the marathon one with Jeff going insane. I, you're right, Ron said it. That's, that, that's the one. That, that's the winner for me. I'm looking I'm at one right one now, Ron Setter. It, it's just called What Does It Cost? I forgot that we played that with Tim. That's a great segment. We need to bring that back. Oh, for sure. I mean, he has no idea of what things cost. 
And um, I mean, the, I was at the grocery store yesterday. Maybe I don't remember what stuff costs because, and I don't know if inflation is like really what the the thing is that is done. It's a, it was a jar of Vlasic pickles for six dollars for some reason just outraged me. I don't know why. At like no fruits. Do you even like pickles? Vlasic pickles? Shouldn't be six bucks. Do you, do you like pickles? I love pickles, okay. but Vlasic pickles are Vlasic pickles are not very good. I am and, in a uh, pickle of the month club, Aaron. You should join. I would like to join. I mean, if I could join, I it would. is I delicious. Love pickles. But yeah, the great. thing that upsets me is like, as a Costco member, you can get the five ninety nine gigantic jar of Moishes pickles, which are far superior to Vlasic pickles for the same price as a small jar of Vlasic pickles. I don't know why that infuriates me, but it just it does. I don't know. See, I mean, th this could be a very cuss type story, except you like pickles. Cuss would be outraged by a price of something he doesn't even want. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. So that's how that would go. So yeah, this one's, I mean, I recommend that everyone go back and watch the Cuss Corners, or if you haven't done it yet, I have like five of the classic episodes ready to drop on the Cuss Corner only exclusive feed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So I'd recommend that you go sub to that now. I don't think I've released any of the classic ones in like eight months or something like that. So I have a dump that I have to do here when I'm going on vacation. Last one, most insane person of the year. Me, Paul, Cust in Feinberg. It's going to come down to Jeff versus Tim. It was very close last year. Kenny, do you think that was Tim's best shot of not winning this award? Yeah, I think that's his best shot. I, I, I mean, I unless unless he he has some secret bot farm that he's not telling people like what we thought last year uh, about uh, the way everything was voted. But uh, Tim's crazy. I love Tim. I, I you know, I, you know, I, there's a few times that I've talked to him and interacted with him. Lovely guy. Uh, I like him a lot. But some of, but his takes are fucking insane. His takes are crazy. I would say 80%. Now, there's something I agree with. And I, I probably agree with more of Tim's, you know, ideas and thoughts than most people. Um, but he's still fucking insane. And his takes are crazy, especially when it comes to, like, service industry and, like, poor people. <laughs> I would say that the difference is Tim is insane, whereas Jeff is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I worked with Feinberg, so I, I like know the levels to which Jeff is kind of like off. But he's more like edgy. Like he's more just kind of an edgy, like he's kind of like always on the edge of being furious. But Tim is like a legitimately a, like an insane person. Yeah, like sports his, his, insane. His sports insanity is different than like yeah, yeah, Tim's real life insanity. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I know people who are insane in sports of their teams and stuff. And that's a pretty normal, somewhat normal thing. I mean, I was Jeff 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago with the Redskins, you know, but they've been just so bad. They've beaten me down to a pulp that I just, that's not me anymore when it comes to the team. But I've said crazier shit than Jeff when it comes to the sports, my sporting teams. That's just a normal thing. Tim is just insane overall in general. I'm one of the few people that I think align with Pat Mayo on, the take on being a fan of sports teams. Like why put yourself through that? Like if you're going to be angry, like 98% of every season of sports, like, is it worth that like anger to like, why don't you just watch sports? The joy the, the is unprecedented though. Yeah. Like the joy I felt when the caps won the Stanley cup, like I've been a caps fan for 35 years. I went to games when I was four five, six years old. I've been to hundreds of games. Uh, like the joy I felt after all the game seven losses, uh, uh, the, when when Ovi rose that cup was like I've never been married, I've never had kids. I would put it as like the top moment of like my life. 
<laughs> so, so I mean, like I understand what you're saying. It's disappointing for 98 percent of the time. But isn't that man, sad? That, like, isn't that, that a little bit sad? I mean, that that's I, like I guess. Like, I mean, I'm happy with know. my life. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I feel but, like getting yeah. elation from the accomplishments of other people. Yeah, and there was no like, money involved or nothing. Yeah. You know, like I was, I had to watch the game by myself because I knew that, like, if they won, I would be a mess, and I was. I was tears were flowing. I was. I crying like I have like I was a fucking baby and like you know that's what sports does uh to people um and, and you know so if you're sports crazy I'm not going to hold that against you okay I that's- just feel like there are things that you can enjoy like that like if I like I've got a bunch of records behind me if I put on like a great album like, I know I'm not going to be disappointed I can invest my time in that and yeah I, I just know that it's going to bring me like happiness and satisfaction Whereas, like, when you're watching um, a football game, especially, because there are only a select few of them a year, what is it, like, at most 21, I guess, or 20? I mean, like, every weekend, you're setting yourself up to be, like, either very happy or really, really angry. And then, yeah. ultimately, at the end of the year, almost every team is going to have that, like, is not going to get the reward, right? Like, they're, they're, I don't know. To me, it just seems like a very... And I shouldn't say this as somebody who works in the sports industry, but like it just seems like a a real investment in nothing. Yeah, I mean, logically, an emotional sound, investment. In nothing. Logically, you, everything you say is correct, right? <laughs> but like you know, when you when you come to sports fandom, there's not much logic there. I mean, look at him. There we go. That was the Custies pregame show. Custies will be dropping very soon, as I mentioned. Jeff Feinberg will be in studio along with Cust with Gary and Thorne on the line very quickly kenny where can people find you if they need more of your stories hey you can find me on twitter at kendo vt you can find my podcast and my youtube show on the mayo media network the fantasy golf degenerates each and every week we talk golf we talk random stuff i fight with tambo come and listen for tambo that's who you need to listen to uh and you can also find me over on gup's corner for my golf content Aaron Bronstetter, you're a big shot. You get to be on the TVs all the time. So tell people who may not know you where they can find you. They've got a bit of a life hack here. You just go to www.aaron.report and all of my work is on one website. So it basically goes to a, a link tree with all of the stuff that I do. So make make it easy on you to check me out. Nice. You're too good for link tree? Oh, it goes to link. It's a link tree, like it's a domain forwarding to my link tree. So definitely not too good for link tree. Uh, in fact, enjoying Linktree and supporting them. All right. Well, that will do it on the show. <laughs> I'm Pat Mayo. Remember to smash the like button to the episode in the comment section. Give me your sneakiest custy of the year. And remember to subscribe to both the Cust Corner exclusive feed, the Pat Mayo Experience feed, but also Mayo Media Network. Thank you all for watching Custies. Coming soon. We'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience. Experience.